Welcome to a special bonus episode of Rework. On the last episode, we talked a lot about the language we use in business and how important it is to sort of pay attention to. And it reminded me of this thing that Jeremy Dare, who is the head of the SIP team here at Basecamp. Waylon, what, what does SIP stand for? Security, Infrastructure, and Performance. Thank you. Um, Jeremy wrote a, uh, a post in Basecamp maybe three years ago about some of the terms that the industry uses to refer to database relationships that, as you'll hear, can be a little problematic. So I sat down with Jeremy to talk to him about it. First, I guess, explain to me what the master-slave relationship is when we're talking about data storage. So master-slave has a long history in communications and it started out, I believe, in serial ports and in kind of old-school computer systems where you could do, um, for example, a printer being slaved to a serial input, meaning that everything that the master did was automatically followed by the slave device. So you could slave a whole set of devices to a master, and they would do exactly what the master does. Technologists have continued to use that terminology for all manner of things since the original usage, uh, partly out of convenience and who knows what, like technology terminology just gets passed on naturally. Mm-hmm. But it's been used for other cases, like in databases, where the primary database will replicate itself to a secondary database. And the terminology used there is the master database and the slave database, given that the master database is kind of leading and the slave database is following. And so that's the term, that's the terminology we kind of inherited from the database systems that we use mm-hmm. because in the, their own technical documentation, they talk about having a master slave system in the protocol that they speak with and the commands that you issue, everything uses that vocabulary. It should be obvious that this language is problematic to say the least. Um, when did you first start thinking about making that change? We've thought about it many times over the years, which is kind of the interesting thing about this, how you can do nothing. And it feels like there's no harm in that, mm-hmm. of like there's a legacy to this. And it should seem obvious. It can seem obvious. But is it? Given that it stuck around for literally decades and it was non-obvious at the very beginning, we could have used other terminology from the start. So why did we use that terminology? And particularly, like, why has it, why have we kept it? Mm-hmm. And every choice where we've used it in a new system was a, was an opportunity to not keep it. But as seen as there's a kind of uh, competence gap of if you don't want to use that terminology, you need to meet this high bar to demonstrate why it's wrong rather than meet a much lower bar to say there are other there's other vocabulary that fits better. So, for example, like leader and follower or primary and secondary, there are other things that are more precise, more accurate, and don't carry this unnecessary baggage with it. And also don't suggest that you need to say why the old one's wrong in order to adopt a new one. How often do, uh, you know, when you're talking with, with your team or with other people that know more about computers than I, how often do, does this language come up in conversation? It comes up constantly in in the context of the system at hand. So, and for example, we recently had this uh, big int database outage that brought Basecamp down. And this was very closely related to primary secondary database systems or master-slave. And so in just everyday communication about the outage, we're using this terminology constantly. And so recognizing like this is in such constant usage, like we do have the, the power to control and decide how we want to talk about it. Yeah. 
Um, you, you mentioned that uh, Elasticsearch had, had changed their language around the master-slave relationship. Is this something that's been sort of circulating in the tech community for a while? Yeah, and it goes back decades. And um, some people just never used it in the first place. So there wasn't much controversy about making a change because there was no change to be made. It was a new system and they adopted different terminology. Mm-hmm. I believe Elasticsearch used primary and replica from the beginning which adequately captures um, the fact that there is a primary data source and then others that are get copies. They, get, they are literally replicas of the primary. Mm-hmm. And so they never needed to make the change from having a master and a slave. And then finally, I just wanted to talk about, I really like your sort of elegant solution that you, uh, you wrote about in your post. Um, can you talk about what, what you suggested we do? Because it wasn't just, you know, go through and find, replace every usage of, of these terms. Personally, I had some anxiety about suggesting something like this, which is really <laughs> gets, gets to like, why, why was I like personally afraid of doing something like this? Cause it gets down to like a core kind of fear underlying something about anxiety, about suggesting such a simple, obvious change, like not wanting to cause conflict. Mm-hmm. And I've been at Basecamp for a long time. I'm best positioned to suggest something like this and help make it stick. And it doesn't need to be a directive. It doesn't need to be forcing people to do something. Um, it can't stand on its own merits. And so the suggestion that we don't need to see it as like an overbearing somebody telling you what to do, but here, let's decide on something that's simple together. Let's get together. And we made the choice together. We talked about it and everybody is on board and we don't need to drop everything and kind of demonize our past. Just like we've used master slave incidentally and we've just tossed it around like that's that's part of our our lingo well we don't just we just don't need to use it anymore it doesn't mean we need to go excise it from our the full history of things that we've done but we can gradually evolve our way forward and shed the baggage as we go mm-hmm. and the important thing isn't to have the language gone but is to kind of check ourselves and be conscious about our choices from here on and that's that's up to us yeah. And we can we can make that choice every day. Yeah. So what is Basecamp using now when uh, we refer to these relationships? Uh, we generally use primary and replica because mm-hmm. uh, that matches our actual data usage. So we've got multiple data centers. We've got stuff in the cloud. And each application is talking to a primary data source and often doing reads against a replicated data source. And so that precisely matches the actual relationships between our data stores. So we've stuck with that for our setup. Um, I've seen other people use leader follower or primary and secondary in cases where something isn't only a replica, but may also be accepting rights. Um, so there's a there's a lot of terminology you can use. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's all I had. And thanks for mentioning right the, uh, the big integer outage, because that's the next episode. Oh, snap. <laughs> I think you're on that one, too, actually. Yep. It'll be fun. Oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this, Jeremy. Thanks, Sean. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. You heard Jeremy mention the big int outage or the big integer outage. And we are going to go way in depth into what happened, what it was all about, and how we at Basecamp dealt with it. That is coming up early next year. So happy holidays for those celebrating holidays this time of year. And we'll be back in... 2019. Oh, remember to change the date on your checks.